Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHer Con is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. Tell a story in the caption. Tell somebody about how you walked through a deal and you're having to deal with the framing contractor because they used the wrong stud somewhere or stuff like that. People find interesting. Before we get into it, I want to introduce you to Groundbreaker, today's sponsor and partner. They are an all-in-one suite of tools for small to medium-sized real estate syndicators. They've got a special focus on real estate syndicators with 1 million to 100 million assets under management. They help you increase productivity and investor satisfaction by automating fundraising, reporting, and investor relations through elegant and powerful workflows built by syndicators for syndicators. Groundbreaker will help you scale your business without the need to scale your overhead. So they're going to help reduce your costs because of the admin team that won't need to be as large. And they're going to help you reduce your risk of data breach because of the security systems that they have in place. They'll help you increase your revenue by growing your assets under management because you're going to be allowed to focus on the things that are most important, like business growth and operations, not those administrative logistics. And ultimately, they're going to help you elevate your company's brand and professionalism and investor experience because your investors are going to enjoy having this platform with all their information versus however you're currently doing it. Three things specifically about Groundbreaker I personally like. One, super easy to use from an investor standpoint and from a general partner standpoint. Two, it allows investors and general partners to fund electronically, meaning that a limited partner can complete their entire subscription and funding cycle without leaving the platform. And on the general partnership side, for distributions, you can set it up so that you can trigger bulk ACH payments within the platform. And then the last thing I really like about Groundbreaker is it's, well, it's cost effective. It's healthy to the bottom line. Their basic plan allows sponsors to sign up for as little as $100 per month with no limits on deals or investors. And you can read all about the pricing on their website. Speaking of their website, it is groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe, J-O-E. And when you go there, groundbreaker.co forward slash J-O-E. You're going to get access to a pitch deck that the Groundbreaker team created so that you have a template should you want to use that and customize it for your own deal. So go to groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. 
For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Best ever listeners, today's guest is being interviewed by Theo Hicks. You know Theo, he's with us every Friday on Follow Along Friday. You're going to get a lot of value from this conversation. So with that being said, let's get going. Hello, best ever listeners, and welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Theo Hicks, and today I'll be speaking with Tyler Cobble. Tyler, how are you doing today? Yeah, doing well, man. Excited to be on the show with you. Awesome. And well, I'm excited as well. And thank you for joining me. Before we begin, let's go over Tyler's background. So he's a full-time commercial broker with three years of investing experience. His portfolio consists of four office buildings totaling 50,000 square feet. He's also developed 42 townhomes. He's based in Nashville, Tennessee, and his website is tylercobble.com. That is T-Y-L-E-R-C-A-U-B-L-E. So Tyler, do you mind telling us some more about your background and what you're focused on today? Absolutely. I appreciate it, man. So I'm a Nashville native, which nowadays is very rare. Growing up in Nashville, it was a very quiet town. It's night and day compared to how it is now. But I went to college at the University of Tennessee and dropped out after about a year. I didn't really see the college path for me. I had been in sales for a little bit before that and did really well with it. So I was looking at that going, okay, well, I can just go ahead and jump into sales or I can spend the next three years in college. So made the decision easy for me. Moved back to Nashville, started working as a project manager for my grandfather's construction company. Was there for about three months before a developer that I had actually sold to in my previous sales job heard that I was back in town and he recruited me. He basically called me up one day and said, hey, have you ever thought about getting into commercial real estate? We need an in-house leasing agent to come handle our shopping centers and our office buildings because we feel like we're not getting the attention that we need. And this was back in 2013. The market was very, very different back then. It was very slow moving. The residential side had started picking back up, but the commercial side hadn't. So they wanted someone to come in and manage their properties. So they paid for me to get my real estate license, and I was off to the races. They gave me a 150,000-square-foot shopping center to lease, as well as a 57,000-square-foot office building in downtown Nashville, and pretty much told me to go find tenants, and we'll show you how it's done. So that's what I did. Spent a couple of years doing that, stabilized those properties, realized I had worked myself out of a job, and that's when I started taking on third-party work. So I started doing tenant rep, which means I was representing businesses looking for space. I started doing development as well. The company that I was with, by the time I left, had about a 1,000 townhomes either under construction and permitting or in planning. So I got to see that firsthand and decided to put together my first townhome development deal when I was 25. So we did 42 units in a little town called Bellevue. It's about 10 minutes southwest of Nashville. And after I did that, I realized I can kind of do this thing on my own. So I left, started the Cobble Group, wrote a book on how to lease commercial real estate and haven't looked back since. Thank you for sharing that very interesting journey. And I've actually, I was talking to someone earlier about this. I'll ask you the same question. I kind of already know what the answer is. And that is how beneficial was your full-time corporate W2, so to speak, job in real estate? How did that benefit your own real estate investing? Oh man, it was the best thing that I could have ever done. When I first got started, I didn't realize how good I had it. It took me probably a year or two before I realized like, oh, okay. People don't really get the opportunity for a developer to pay for their real estate license, to give them that much space and, and to learn how to lease 
from the development perspective. Typically, you have to go work as an asset manager. You got to start off as a property manager or an analyst and kind of work your way into that for a few years. And man, it's impacted everything. It was a nice little boutique firm here in Nashville, and they did office, they did retail. We had an industrial portfolio. We were building thousands of townhomes. We had a portfolio of single family custom homes that we were building as well. So I got to see everything from a zero risk perspective, which was really nice. So now that I'm on my own, I kind of have an idea of what I'm doing. And yeah, it's, it gave me a head start in commercial real estate investing and development for sure. And did you know at the time that you would ultimately do your investments or did that just happen organically? When you're like, well, I've got all this information, might as well apply it to my own money instead of applying it somewhere right. else. Is that kind of how it worked? Yeah. Or, or did you know going into it, hey, my plan is to work for this company, get all this knowledge, and then do it all myself? I've always been entrepreneurial. I was always trying to find different businesses to start up. I started two when I was in college for that one year I was there. So when I went into this, it was very quickly like, okay, how can I start doing this? And I started trying to put investments together for the team. And I started trying to put developments together for the company. And I was successful in doing that and partnering with them on those projects. But it very quickly was brought to my attention that, hey, this is not your show. This is my show. And you're just here to work for me. So I was like, I'm kind of doing all the work. I understand how all of this works. It's time for me to go do it on my own. So from day one, I don't know that I was necessarily thinking, hey, I'm going to learn from here and then go start my own thing. But over the four and a half years that I was there, it very apparent became that way. And I'm really glad that it did. So for someone who wants to do what you're doing now, would you recommend that as a starting point? As you mentioned, with zero risk or... Do you recommend them doing it on their own from the get-go? I think it was a great way to get started. When I did it, I was 21. There's no way I could have known half of what I know now if I had just gone out and started doing things on my own because I learned from so many different people at every step of the way. And I learned it literally from the ground up. I started off as a commercial real estate leasing broker, but then I was also assisting with the property management. And then because of that, I was getting involved in all of the contracts. And so I understood how to read contracts. I understood how to lease. I understood how to handle tenant relations. And we were also developing. So I learned a little bit about construction and how to go about the developing process. So for me to be able to learn all of that while also getting paid commissions on the real estate side and getting to have a paycheck without taking all of that risk was great because if you dive right into it and you just start investing, there's a lot of nuances of every deal that you probably don't know and you may not understand because of that. So I think that it definitely gives me an advantage and I highly recommend starting out that way, especially if you're younger, because the connections mm -hmm. that you'll get starting off at a development firm or a larger commercial brokerage, they're connections and relationships that you may not have otherwise been able to make. That was another question I was going to ask you too. Aside from the educational piece, how many of the relationships that you developed at this company are now used to benefit your own company? Are you business partners with them? Have they invested in your deals? Are they your customers? Or do you not work with anyone from your past life? Some of the friendships that I made back then, like the commercial brokers and some of the contractors and stuff like that, we're still friends today. But I kind of went off on a different tangent than what that company did. What they were doing, which I think is great if that's what you want to do, it was two partners and they self-funded the equity in every deal. So that was the only perspective I had of development because that was what I was raised in. So just two partners, they had made a lot of money. They took on the debt themselves. They never raised any equity. 
And all they were comfortable with was doing these smaller, I say smaller, I mean, we were building 100, 200 townhomes at a time, but they wanted to focus on townhome projects. Well, if you're going to go do a 340 unit multifamily complex, you're going to run out of capital doing that very, very fast. So I went to this real estate mastermind and learned about syndication. I'd never heard about that before. I was like, wow, I didn't even think about going out, raising capital, doing even bigger deals. So that was kind of the path I ended up taking. So we've syndicated some deals. So I learned how to raise equity that way. So yeah, I've carried those relationships into a certain extent, but I've taken a very different path from kind of what I was raised in. So those office buildings that you own, those were syndicated deals? Only one of them was. It's a smaller deal. I've been fortunate enough. Now I've been in the business for seven years. We've got some high net worth clients that like to provide the equity for our projects. So I typically call two to five guys. They'll throw in the capital and I'm done. I had never done a syndication before, so I wanted to experience it. So I found a little million dollar office building and I raised that equity through a syndication just to see what it was like. So that one was syndicated. The other ones, I just called a couple guys and they threw in the equity. So for these guys that you called up, these high net worth people, how do you meet them? So being from Nashville, that gave me a leg up for sure, just on knowing who the players were in town. And then after five years of experience in the industry, people were starting to know me and started making a name for myself. So every time I had these conversations with them, like, hey, this is what I'm looking at doing. Like, I want to start buying this type of product and here's what I want to do with it. Would you be interested in throwing money into it? And of course, the answer is, yeah, as long as the numbers look like what you're saying they're going to look like, we'll keep rolling money into your deals. So far, that's how it's been. So so you said you knew who the players were in the town, the guys that had money. So did you call them? Did you email them? Did you show up at their office? How did that original relationship start? You said they knew about you, right? So did they reach out to you? That's right. Some of them actually did reach out to me. So I have a fairly strong presence on Instagram, which is so funny to say now that I actually do get professional football players, I have professional hockey players on my investment roster because they follow me on Instagram. When I first got started, my boss at the time, this is four years ago, he was like, man, nobody's ever going to buy commercial real estate from you on the internet. This is a relationship game. You're wasting your time. And now I'm raising six figures to seven figures of equity because of Instagram. So the other runs were people that I had crossed paths with over the years. And yeah, I just called them up. And I said, hey, look, here's what I want to do. I want to take you out for drinks. I'm going to take you out for coffee, buy you dinner, and just talk to you about what I'm doing and get your opinion on it. Some of my investors have been guys that were way more established in the syndication game or in the investment or the development game. And I just said, hey, look, I've put this investment together and I want to get your opinion on it. And I went and kind of sat down and just said, what do you think of this offering memorandum? What do you think of my numbers? Do you think that I'm looking at this correctly? What have I forgotten? And I've actually gotten them to invest in those deals that way. It wasn't intentional, but they looked at it and they said, well, yeah, I mean, I like this deal. I want to invest with you. So there's a number of different ways, but it's fine. Yeah. Well, I definitely want to ask some questions about this Instagram account. Yeah. Something that we stress here a lot on the podcast is the thought leadership platform. And that would be one example. So How are you able to grow your Instagram following? What are your tactics for Instagram? What are you posting? How often are you posting? Any other tips you have on that? Oh man, we could talk about this for hours because I kind of nerd out on this stuff and started studying it a few years ago. But basically what I started doing was showing a behind the scenes of a commercial real estate guy in Nashville. Everybody wants to know what's going on. That building got torn down on the corner. What's going on over there? But also Nashville happens to be an it city, so people are interested in seeing what's going on. So I think so many people get it wrong, and they post a picture of a property, and it's just the property, and they go, 
hey, this space is vacant. You guys come lease it from me. Or, hey, I represent tenants. I want to work with you guys. Or, hey, buy this building from me. Or, hey, we've got an open house Sunday. Nobody wants to go follow your Instagram account if you're just going to shove advertising down their throats. So I just said, you know what? I'm hardly ever even going to talk about projects that I have available. And I do that in the stories, but never on the grid. On the grid, it's all about the relationship. It's all about who I am. So a lot of my followers just follow me for that. And I'll post stories about walking through projects and talking about investments and how many investors we had on a deal and how we pulled it off, how we raised the capital, what the tenants were that we decided to put in there. And people just naturally started going, okay, well, this guy, he's clearly successful. He's doing these projects and he's showing us that he's doing them. I want to be involved in that. So people just started reaching out. But I used to post every day. Now I post once or twice a week. I'm very careful about what I post on my grid. You have to do super high quality photos. You want it to look really good. And that's what Instagram is at first. It's all about the image. If you don't have the best looking image possible, there's no point in posting. Nobody's going to really read your caption. So, so that was a lesson that I learned. So high quality images, then tell a story in the caption. Tell somebody about how you walked through a deal and you're having to deal with the framing contractor because they used the wrong stud somewhere or stuff like that. People find interesting oddly enough. So again, it's kind of a behind the scenes, not necessarily a advertising platform for me. All right, Tyler, what is your best real estate investing advice ever? Best investing advice ever is to just get out there and do it. I was afraid of buying buildings until I bought my first one. And then that year I bought four. So get out there and do it. Nice and simple. All right, Tyler, are you ready for the best ever lightning round? Let's do it. All right. First, a quick word from our sponsor. Groundbreaker helps you increase productivity and investor satisfaction by automating fundraising, reporting, and investor relations through elegant and powerful workflows built by syndicators for syndicators. Go to groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe. That's groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe to get a free deal pitch deck template. Ever wonder how the top in real estate got there? The Invest This podcast hosted by real estate investor Scott Bauer interviews the top names in the industry, giving you the tips and tricks that help you catapult your real estate business to success. Find them at investthispodcast.com. Okay, Tyler, what is the best ever book you've recently read? Walkable City by Jeff Speck. It talks about tactical urbanism and why cities should be walkable and built around people. Hands down the best. If your business were to collapse today, what would you do next? I'd start it all over again. Start buying more real estate. Can you tell us about the best ever deal you've done? Best ever deal I've done was a 28,000 square foot office building in East Nashville, which is where I'm based. I negotiated with the owners, actually, they're hotel guys, and they happened to buy this office building. They didn't know what to do with it. So I negotiated with them to come in as the operating partner and to have equity granted to me at certain milestones throughout so I didn't actually have to buy in. Best deal I've ever done. And on the flip side, do you mind telling us about a time you lost money on the deal, maybe the most money on a deal, how much you lost, and then what lessons you learned? We actually haven't lost any money on any of our deals. I've got one deal that I think is an okay deal, and it was actually the first deal I ever did. And so far, we've about broken even on it. We've made a little bit of money. The problem that I had there was I was a little too optimistic about the neighborhood. The neighborhood ended up being a little more backwards than I was hoping it would be. It's got a lot of younger people moving there, but it's taking a lot longer than I thought. What is the best ever way you like to give back? Best ever way I like to give back. I love giving my time and giving advice. 
whenever people reach out to me on Instagram or they want to grab coffee with me and pick my brain about real estate, I love giving back to new real estate guys because I didn't really have somebody that was there to really show me the ropes the way that I wish I had. And so I love being that person for other newcomers. I'm going to add in an additional question. What is the best ever Instagram post you've had? Whether it's been the most engagements or resulted in the most money raised Maybe walk us through what the picture was or the video was and then what the caption was. Generally. Oh, man, that's a great question. Best ever. It was like 850 or 900 likes. It was actually here pretty recent. I'm trying to think of which one it was, but I believe I was just talking about my vision for Nashville and the skyline and how I see the city growing over the next 10, 20, 30 years and how I, I love being a part of that. And I think that it was just so genuine and it was a great picture too. And everybody could relate to it. And then lastly, what is the best ever place to reach you? I think, you know what I'm going to say, man, it's Instagram. I will respond to every single DM that I get through Instagram. So you can follow my account it's at commercial in Nashville and there's underscores in between each word of spaces. So it's commercial underscore in underscore Nashville on Instagram. I got it pulled up right now. And yes, these are very professional pictures. So make sure you check out his Instagram account to get tips on how to grow your business that way. As I mentioned, we stress the thought leadership platform here a lot. Tyler, thank you for joining us and providing us with your advice and your best ever advice. Some of my biggest takeaways was the benefits of working in real estate as your full-time job before you decide to go and venture off on your own, especially if you catch the real estate bug at a younger age when you don't have the knowledge or really the money to do a lot of investing yourself. So either in between deals or before you even start doing deals, working at a full-time real estate job can benefit you in regards to education from a zero risk perspective. So you can learn about whatever it is you want to learn about with really none of your own skin in the game. And then you can make money at the same time at the job. And then you can also form some connections for Tyler's story. He did make some friends, but since the business he's working in was so much different than what he was doing, didn't necessarily work with a lot of those people, but still depending on what type of job you do decide to pursue, you could benefit from the connections as well. And then you mentioned that you were able to raise money on, on Instagram. So you became a well-known person in your local market of Nashville and had people reaching out to invest in your deals. And you kind of gave us some examples and tips on how to grow your Instagram page, tell a story in the caption and realize that the photo is what's most important. If you don't have a nice photo, no one's going to read your caption anyways. You used to post daily, now it's a few times a week. And you said that the wrong thing to do is start up advertising. And what's better is to go over who you are and what you're doing. So walking through projects and things like that. So if you want examples on what to do, make sure you check out his Instagram. And then your best ever advice was to get out there and do it. And that you were fearful all the way up until you did your first deal. And then from there, it was relatively smooth sailing, at least from a, a fear perspective. So Tyler, really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you for joining us today. Best ever listeners, as always, thank you for listening. Have a best ever day and we'll talk to you tomorrow.